0: that I've been waiting for now we're gonna dress this up and then get it back out on the internet but we we didn't want to take the chance and not you know I know a lot of people were waiting for this because it it is well worth the wait I want to introduce to you a guy that is real special to me and he's real special to a lot of us and a guy that's traveled a long long road and to get to where he is today um, I first met him when he was 18 year old 19 year old kid and, uh, you know, certainly uh, it's been it's re- I'm really proud to say that I was just a little blip on his timeline. And uh, this, ladies and gentlemen, welcome, please, to Coffee with the Coach, six year NFL veteran Devon Best. I knew you'd have a Bob Marley shirt on. I know you're repping. Hold on one second. I'm sorry. Hold
1: on.
0: No, that's all right. This is hey, this is the way we do it here.
1: Oh, my wife was helping me get set up. She like, you know, clothes the shade, man. You, you know, you course, need to. Yeah,
0: I, she she's quality control work. You know, she's doing oh, all yeah, the doing right. all the right stuff.
1: How hey, man, said, I
0: tell you what, it's, first thing I got to tell you, it's great to see you twisting up your braids a little bit again. I heard you had gone to ball, become a ball head. Now you got you got you your, your dress working again.
1: Absolutely, see, absolutely.
0: I can't tell you how much I appreciate you coming on, first of all. And second of all, how much I appreciate as we, you know, in the last three weeks we've communicated a number of times about, you know, what we want to accomplish in this, in this, show and and uh you know because we're about positive energy and we're about positive stories and positive people and all about that and and i thought that your story which is so incredible that we would really take some time and unpack it in your own words right because i think it it, it, it's your words that count now i'm going to take you back and we're going to go down memory lane a little bit brother and um now you probably you don't remember this but i'm sure your mother remembers it Mm -hmm. born in hawthorne california Hawthorne, where is
1: that at? Hawthorne, hey, right. hey, hey, hey! That's oh. what I said. I said
0: my man's an Oakland guy, and then I read right, your right, right right. page, right. and it says Hawthorne. Now, is it, were you born in Hawthorne or were you born in Oakland?
1: I, I was born and raised in Oakland, California, man. Um, you know that's funny because like I, I, I've done Google searches in the past, and you know I don't, I don't, I really don't know where that came from. My only connection to Hayward, you know, obviously it's a neighboring city, you know, to Oakland, but um, my mother actually moved from Oakland to Hayward when I was uh, released from my incarceration, you know, so I stayed there with her for a few months before I left to Hawaii. So um, that's, that's like really my only connection to Hayward. You know I'm, but I'm, I'm I'm from the no, town, man, I'm from the town.
0: Man, I would tell you something. It's like talking to Marshawn Lynch. He, uh, he's an Oaktown guy all the way. Why not you, if you're from Oaktown, you're from Oaktown
1: absolutely man you, you, you're proud of it you know what i'm saying
0: i uh, tell them I'm not, that ain't the easiest place to grow up in the world now right those streets those streets are mean streets right yeah, yeah for, sure, for sure talk 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 to us about what it was like growing up in that environment
1: I mean you know just for starters you know um you know it was just a lot to get into you know um as a child and you know as i I grew up, you know. I've ex- i I experienced a lot, you know. I saw a lot, you know. everybody's, you know, trying to survive, you know. Everybody's trying to make that quick dollar. Um, everybody's trying to get by every day you know, and uh, and try to make it out, you know. And um and try to you know do something not only for themselves but but their families, you know. what I'm saying because it's a lot of people struggling. But um you know, growing up, you know, it's a lot of kids and a lot of people in Oakland, you know, in in, in my community, uh, so to speak you know that grew up without fathers you know and and didn't really have that father figure in their life you know what I'm saying and I was one of them so I was uh I was really blessed to uh to come across a lot of good men uh who who helped mentor me who helped uh shape me into the man I am today and some of the traits that I've learned from those guys uh still resonate with me today but um you know all you know you know I've learned through this journey which we'll get into that you know Um, struggle gives you strength. You know what I'm saying? So I'm proud of where I'm from. I'm proud of the journey. I'm proud of the ups and downs, man, because I'm a better man today because of it.
0: Okay, one of the ways out, right? You talk about ways out. One of the ways out historically has always been through sport, through opportunity to play uh, in the NBA, Major League Baseball, and the National (laughs) Football League. So talk, uh, just because a lot of our listeners who may be in Europe or around the world, they don't really understand about how many great athletes and great you know guys in all fields come out of those streets of Oakland? Talk, to, talk about some of the cats that when you were growing up.
1: I mean, uh, we will be here all day if I named everybody, but you know, for me growing up, you know, it was the you know, the Gary Paytons, the J.R. Riders, the Marvell Schmids, um, the um, you know, Tom Hanks actually went to my high school, you know. Um it's just so many, you know, and then, you know, I grew up literally, you know, you can see the Oakland Coliseum, you know, from my grandmother's house, you know, where, where, where I was raised in Oakland. So I grew up a, a big Raiders fan, you know what I mean? So it was, it was, you know, Napoleon Kaufman, uh, uh, Rich Gannon, Jerry Rice, you know, all those guys, man, it, it was just really motivating. And, um, and, 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 and gave us something to look forward to, you know, as a kid, you know, and um, I, I was I was a big time basketball guy, you know, which we'll probably get into later. So, you know, Michael Jordan was uh, was my guy growing up. You know, I had I had I had hoop dreams at a young age. You know, what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I thought I was going to the hey, NBA. I, I thought I was no going problem. to the NBA, man, and I stopped growing. You know what I'm saying? I had to change had to pivot and change directions. I was, I was
0: going to say, man, I tell you what, 5'10", you better, you, you got big dreams if you think talking about the no. But how did you, D, how did you find football? What, what what was it that got you going down the football track?
1: Well, um, football started early on. I want to say um, about five or six, you know, just, just playing, you know, um, on the streets, uh, playing at the parks, you know, with, with family, you know, and then, uh when I got to middle school, I met a guy by the name of Durham Brown, you know, who's uh, a big mentor in my life, you know, who's, uh, who's been there for me for a while. And uh, he came to my ele- or my middle school and, and, uh, and he coached me and a few other, the cats on, on our flag football team, you know. So it was, I was, I was thankful for that experience because we didn't, uh, I think that was one of the only programs we had available, it was, it was flag football, and basketball, you know, so I was just trying to be as active as possible, but, um, you know, being able to compete, you know, and have fun at that age and learn the game at a, at a young age was, was really fun to me, man. And it was just something that kind of, um, you know, stuck with me and, 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 and I resonated with it because i like I said before, I didn't, I didn't have a father growing up, you know what I mean? So, so sports and, and, and my coaches, you know, became my father, you know what I mean? And, um, I found joy in it, and um, you know I, I learned a lot from it. And, and 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 you know the rest, the rest is pretty much history, man. All right. So so
0: now you go to you go to Skyline High School, right? Yes, sir. And you your 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 coach at Skyline becomes, as you say, a mentor. And I think this is really important that that all of us that are in blessed enough to to have an opportunity to be in a coaching business understand, eventually, if if you're going to be Good at it, and you're going to stay in it a long time. You realize that it's way more than W's and L's. It's really Absolutely. about the people that the people that you meet and the people that you have an opportunity to to be with. So, talk about that Skyline High School experience.
1: Well, um, Skyline was great, man. It was it was it was a really great experience for me. Um, you know, just going back. So, I didn't I didn't play um, tackle football growing, you know, as as a, as a youth, you know what I'm saying? I didn't start playing, I didn't play tackle football until my sophomore year in high school, you know, and um, that was basically my first introduction uh, with Coach Beam, you know, my sophomore year, I went out for the JD team, you know, one of my, uh, one of my close friends was like, dude, you should go out for the football team, man, you would be great, and I was like, nah, I'm gonna stick to hoop and baseball, you know what I'm saying? I, I wasn't too sure, I wasn't too sure, you know what I'm saying? So, I worked up the courage, you know, and, and, and said, you know what, let me try this out. And I ended up being really good. You know what I mean? So um, I want to say that same year, my sophomore year, um, I did good. And then for the playoffs that year, I got moved up to varsity as a sophomore, my first year ever playing tackle, you know? So that was, that was one of those things where, um, where I was just like, okay, I can do this. You know, it gave me confirmation that I can play this game, you know? And then, me and and coach Bean pretty much kicked it off from there. You know, um, I struggled uh, initially, I want to say my freshman and sophomore year from an academic standpoint. So um, me and him got together on numerous, numerous occasions. And uh, we set out a plan uh, to basically help me get my grades up and, uh, and start working towards this goal of of, of potentially being a collegiate, you know, a collegiate athlete, you know, and that was, that was big in my eyes, you know, that, 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 that was real big, you know, cause like Oakland is a city where a lot of people don't make it out, you know? So to have the opportunity to go to college, it was mind blowing. So I was all in, you know?
0: Well, okay. Now you had a, obviously an outstanding high school career. You're a fantastic football player coming out of high school. The recruiters start showing up and you make a decision to sign at Oregon state in the PAC 12. And then we hit a road bump. We hit a We hit. We hit a, a speed bump, if you will. Take us through that experience and your first, the first time that you were actually incarcerated.
1: Well, man. Um. Yeah, I've I've told this story a million times, man. And um, there's not a day that goes by where I'm not um appreciative and grateful for the experience, man. Because uh, like I said, I'm the man I am today because of it. But um, so taking you back. 2003 I did really well Uh, not only myself but my team we did really well our senior it it was a senior class you know we kind of built built it up you know and um we ended up going undefeated that year you know coach asked me to play quarterback we didn't have we didn't have a quarterback that year my junior year the quarterback was uh was a senior and he graduated and uh he brought me to his office and said can you come in and play quarterback for me you know I don't have a quarterback you do this for me I'll get you the scholarship. So I was like, cool, I'm all in. So we went went to work, man. We went to work immediately. I was waking up at 6 a.m., 5.30 a.m. in high school my senior year to go up um, and and, and work on drills with him, you know, just to kind of get my feet wet for playing the quarterback position, you know. So um, we ended up going undefeated my senior year. Uh, We actually played in the Oakland Coliseum for the championship game against, uh, against McClyman's, you know, which is one of our rivals in West Oakland, you know? So we beat them 47 to nothing, man, in the, in the championship game, dude. And that was something special, man. That was special. So from there, we basically went, uh, from, from, from the championship game, we went, uh, we, we dove deep into my academics, you know, because I hadn't signed the scholarship yet, you know, and that year, it was a bunch of guys like that I played with that was going D1. My my boy beat my one of my best friends, a few, few of my best friends, Brandon Sanders, Giannis Davis, who ended up playing in the CFL. Yeah. He was on that team. Yeah. Frank Summers, the uh he was a fullback of uh, you know, went to uh Cal initially and then went to uh, UNLV, uh went to the NFL and played for about five or six years, you know. So we had we were stacked. I think that year we ended up sending like ten guys D1, ten or twelve guys D1. You know, so I was that late bloomer though. You know, because my uh, my grades wasn't good from you know my freshman and sophomore year. You know how it is when you, when you first get to high school. You you want to cut class and you know it, I, I had a lot going on back back in those days. You know what I'm saying? But I um I wised up. You know. I wised up coach being, you know, uh, helped me, you know, navigate that journey, you know, as far as trying to get my grades up, meeting, um, people and new counselors to help me do this independent study to, to get my grades up, you know, and, and, and it worked out it, everything, everything kind of clicked and worked out. And I eventually, uh, signed my scholarship, man. And I was, uh, I was off to the races to go to college. And then July 9th, 2003, changed my life forever, man.
0: <clears throat> Talk about that. Talk okay, about okay. that if, you, if you're
1: comfortable. So, so um, I remember like it was yesterday. So basically, you know, I had some friends, you know, doing whatever, doing whatever that they was doing. You know what I'm saying? I'm not really going to go into too much detail, but, you know, they was doing stuff that they should have been doing. I've done plenty of things that I should have been doing, you know, in my upbringing. So I kind of knew what was going on. So they called me and, um, asked me, can I come pick them up? You know what I'm saying? So I I was trying to be, you know, a good friend, you know, even though I knew they was doing the wrong thing, you know what I mean? Um, I get there, they load the stuff in my car. Next thing you know, five minutes later, we get pulled over by the police, you know? So I'm thinking, you know, I'm looking, looking back, you know, somebody must have, you know, seen something and called the police. And next thing you know, when I I got there, uh, we pulled off and, and we got pulled over. Next thing you know, they, um, they're taking bags and loads of stuff out of the trunk, you know, and I'm sitting there on the sidewalk, you know, in handcuffs with my arms behind my back. Like, like, damn, man, it's over. You know what I'm saying? I, I worked so hard. You know, I had so many people uh, pulling for me, so many people helping me, you know, coach Bean, you know, a lady by the name of Miss Eskridge, who I'm uh, very appreciative of who took her time out of her busy schedule to help me get my grades up to get this scholarship, you know? So, a lot of mixed emotions, um, a lot of things going through my head at the time. Um, I ended up going to Juvenile Hall that night. My mom came down and tried to uh convince the judge to release me, but um the judge did not release me. So uh just to fast forward, you know, a little bit, uh I was 17 at the time and my birthday was that upcoming September. So I turned 18 and they sent me to county jail. Uh while I was awaiting uh, like sentencing and all of that, so I spent like two months in, in county jail. And I tell you one thing, that was one of the roughest experiences of my life. Not, not from a, um, you know, not from a standpoint, you know, as far as you know, trying to hold my own and, and 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 people bothering me. That wasn't the case at all. It was the fact that I was in my room in my cell for 23 hours out of the day. You know what I'm saying? And 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 that one hour that they let you out. They just come and lock the door. They don't even tell you, you know? So it was times I would spend my whole, my whole day in the cell. You know what I'm saying? And, um, I ended up eventually, they, they transferred me back to juvenile hall and, um, sentenced me to a year, to a boy's ranch. And, um, from that point, I just looked forward, you know what I'm saying? I just, I was just thanking God, you know, for a second chance because I, they charged me with, uh, with eight residential counts. A, a rape, uh, eight counts of residential burglary and um, a few counts of possession of stolen property, man. So, my maximum, my potential maximum sentence as a juvenile was 15 years, eight months. You know what I'm saying? So, um, I, I dodged a bullet, you know what I mean? And, um, I'm forever grateful for that, you know. So, they sent they sentenced me to a year at uh, at the Byron Boys Ranch, which was like a, a farm style ranch rehabilitation facility. That was kind of, you know, out the way in the middle of nowhere. You know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, man, I met uh, when I first got there, I met a guy by the name of Amin Denny, man. And um, he was actually from Oakland, you know, so that was a blessing in disguise itself. You know what I'm saying? Rest in peace to him. He passed away a little while while back, but uh, that was a blessing, you know, uh, to be able to have a counselor and a mentor in that program. you know, who was from Oakland, who knew me already, who knew my struggles, who knew what I was going through and who's a big part of um, of my transition from 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 the ranch to Hawaii.
0: OK, now you, you go, you you're in the ranch and a guy who's famous for giving second chances. He's a guy that believes in players and believes in people and believes that everybody deserves a second opportunity, a third opportunity, whatever it takes. Because certainly to to turn your back is just, that's a sentence. That's a life sentence when you turn your back on somebody. But June Jones at the University of Hawaii reached out to you. You decided to come to paradise and and play with us. I'm going to read you some numbers, bro. And I, I want the fans to listen. This is three football seasons, ladies and gentlemen. 293 catches. 3610 yards 41 touchdown receptions in 3 seasons in those 3 seasons which are the which are the winningest seasons in the history of University of Hawaii football you won 28 games in 3 seasons right marked that your your final game as a, as a warrior was against the University of Georgia in the Sugar Bowl as a BCS buster. A power, uh, uh, excuse me, a a, uh, group of five team that, you know, kind of kicks down the door and gets into the party, the big party in New Orleans. Mm. And you go, you know, you, you declare for the draft. But now, here we go, a little more adversity in your life. You go undrafted and sign with the Dolphins. Why the Dolphins?
1: Um, you know, before I, before I answer that question, you know about you know uh, choosing the Dolphins. Uh, I just want to just send a big big shout out to uh, Coach June Jones. Um, you know for <laughs> giving me that, for giving me that opportunity, man. Because uh, I want to say, you know Hawaii. You know I was talking to one of my buddies yesterday, and he was asking me. I guess you know he didn't he didn't really know it, it was a guy that I have met you know recently and reconnected with. And he didn't know that um that Hawaii was basically my only uh, school of choice, you know, after my situation. So he was just like, you know, why did you pick Hawaii? And I was like, bro, Hawaii picked me, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like I didn't pick Hawaii. You know what I mean, so I, I'm 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 forever grateful to June, uh, Keith Bonifa and Coach Beam, mean, Denny, you know, all those guys for um putting putting their brains together and, and making this thing happen. You know, it was definitely a blessing and um I'm forever grateful for that. But, um, you know, uh, to go back to what you said about, you know, um, signing with the dolphins, you know, that was, you know, that was, that was kind of a no brainer for me, um, for a lot of reasons, you know, and just to back it up a little bit. Um, I didn't do, uh, you know, I had got a, I had got a second round grade, uh, to come out early, you know, which was very intriguing to me, you know what I'm saying? Because I didn't start thinking about the NFL until after my freshman year, you know, at UH, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, just going through that experience, playing ball, um, doing really well, you know, finishing up in the Sugar Bowl, going to the combine, you know, preparing for the combine and then getting to the combine and and and, and basically not doing too good in the 40. Um, really, really, really messed a lot of stuff up, but I, I, looking back, you know, it was just it was just part of the journey. You know, it was it was a blessing in disguise. You know what I'm saying? Because you know, the scouts knew that I can catch. They knew what I can separate. They knew I know how to read coverages because of the system we was in. They knew I know how to find soft spots in the zones and get open. You know what I'm saying? So they just was it was just concerned with my speed and see how fast I was. And I think it was a lot of pressure. You know what I'm saying? It was a lot of pressure at the combine to run this forty time. You know and um. I just, I just melted, you know what I'm saying? I mel- I did really good, all the drills, all the routes, everything. And then I just, I ran a four, six at the combine, you know, I was devastated, but um, I ended up bouncing back. I, I did really good at the pro day. I ran a four, four, eight at the pro day, but I pulled my hamstring while I was doing it, you know? So um, I wasn't able to run routes for the scouts, you know, everybody, every team was there, you know, because cold really, you know what I'm saying? And they, they knew Colt was the man, you know, they wanted to know who he's throwing the ball to. So I wasn't able to perform. Um my, you know, me not being able to perform in person. And then my uh my past experience as far as me going to being incarcerated, I think that and then me running the four six at the combine, I think that's what cost me from getting drafted, you know. So the draft goes on. Um I don't get a phone call, you know, I take that back. I got a phone call in the third round from the Atlanta Falcons uh, from coach Rabisky. He was the receiver coach at the time. And he was like, uh, we like you. We like you. Um, I don't know if we're going to put the trigger on you yet though. Just hang tight. And I was like, man, 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 you know, I was like, okay. I, was just being patient. I thought that I thought I was going to be in the Atlanta Falcon. You know what I'm saying? So um, fast forward, the draft is continuing to go on. And um six round come around, and next thing you know, my phone is blowing up, you know. So I'm saying to myself, damn, the, the draft not even over, and all these teams are calling me. And and that's because they are getting ready for free agency, you know, to see who's out there, you know, what I'm saying so to see who, who they can get their hands on quick before somebody else signed them. So um when the Dolphins called, it was a no-brainer because um, you know, first and foremost, that year they didn't draft any receivers, you know. If you if you look back. They drafted uh you know my good friend Jake Long with the number one overall pick who I who who I um who I was training with uh at API at the time out here in Arizona, you know what I'm saying? So uh they drafted him, they drafted Chad Henney from Michigan uh in the second round. They drafted, you know, uh a couple running backs that that I played with, Lex Hilliard, um, you know, a guard, Donald Thomas, and you know, you know, not to forget anybody, but they it was a pretty solid group of rookies, you know. And um, not only that, it was a great opportunity for me to come in and compete right away because it was a new coaching staff. And um, you know, rest in peace to um, Coach Tony Sperano, You know, who's who I'm forever indebted to. You know, for giving me that chance. You know, what I'm saying he's another guy that that I don't forget and I don't um, that I don't think about often. You know, because he he got the most out of me. You know, uh, making that team in 2008 was probably one of the uh, hardest things I ever had to overcome, you know, and he pushed me to my limits. He made me reach goals and and, and places that I I could never imagine doing before, you know? So, um, I got, I got, I
0: got to ask you this question because this was, this was, you know, uh, I'm at SMU at the time with June Mm -hmm. or maybe, maybe I can't remember. Yeah, it was SMU and you were, Competing your ass off in training camp, trying to make a roster. And to, to make a roster as a free agent is tough. Dude. I mean, that is really hard, right? Really tough,
1: man. Because really
0: tough. A, a, a drafted guy's got to prove he can't, and a free agent's got to prove he can right? Absolutely. So you're trying to prove. And they're trying to teach you to run a break cut out, right? <laughs> and as a run and shoot kid, you understand that the fastest way to get separation is to run a speed cut. Right, Absolutely. and I remember I remember June telling me that you had called him and said, "Hey, Coach, they're trying to get me to lower my hips and stick my foot in the ground, all that stuff to, to run break cuts." He <laughs> said, "But, but I I I, I don't feel comfortable." And I remember June saying, "Devon, do what they tell you in practice. Try and I learn to do the break, but in the game, run your speed cut, and the quarterback will find you." And that's how it, that's how it played out.
1: That, that, that statement is a hundred percent true, man. And, um, you know, I played with some, you know, I played with some great quarterbacks, you know, and, um, you know, one guy that sticks out in particularly is, uh, Chad Pennington, you know, um, he was very smart, you know, and, uh, when he got to Miami, you know, he was kind of on the end of his career he was kind of at the end of his career, you know, so he had a few shoulder surgeries, you know, so, um, he was, he was really smart, you know, he he had us doing a lot of things, you know, repetition, 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 you know, just from a muscle memory, muscle memory standpoint and a mental standpoint. But I remember, you know, being in meetings with him and he'd be like, um, you know, I know coach wants you to run it this way, DB, run it this way in the game, you know what I'm saying? And I was like, all right, he's like, all right, cool. He's like running like, he like, he like running like this in the game and I'll find you. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, okay, and, and, and it worked out. So, um, you know, that, that statement is really true.
0: My brother, I think it would – I think it would – that might be the biggest understatement of the whole day today because when you say it worked out, in the history – I'm going to give you some history, bro. In the history of the National Football League, right, only one other guy as an undrafted rookie – had more catches than your 54 for the Dolphins your rookie year. That is an amazing accomplishment for a kid to come in and as an undrafted rookie. Wayne Corbett's the only guy in the history of the National Football League that's ever done anything like that. You get yeah. five great years in Miami, light them up. I mean, you, you guys really, really – and then comes a trade to where? Cleveland. What did you <laughs> think when they said, dude, you're going to Cleveland?
1: um you know to to you know to be completely you know honest and and to be transparent as possible um that's that's kind of you know that was kind of the beginning of you know all my mental issues i was going through so you know looking back um you know i was i was kind of hurt by that you know what i'm saying because i love miami you know i love the organization you know and i still do to this day you know but um, I just, I just wish we, you know, not only not only the organization, but myself. I just wish we could have came to grips and worked that out. You know what I'm saying? Because, um, just you know, just from a growth perspective, you know, and me, you know, being stronger and wiser, looking back, I just feel like, um, you know, the, you know, I'm I'm not even gonna say the organization. I'm just gonna say I just feel like I was. I was kind of let down, you know what I'm saying? Because you know, not only on the football field, not, not only on the football field, but you know, even in the community, man, I was I I did a lot, you know, for the Dolphins. And I and, and I didn't do it for the recognition, I did it from my heart, you know what I'm saying? So for them to right. just get for them for, for them to just trade me and get rid of me like like nothing instead of trying to help me cope with, you know, fixing the route to to the problem that I was facing. Um, it was, it was kind of a, it was kind of a slap in the face, but, um, you know, if that didn't happen, like I said, I wouldn't be the man I am now. You know what I'm saying? So I'm grateful for it.
0: All right. Now I want to talk about this because this is one of the things that I think, um, you know, there, there's the game and then there's the business, right? And the game and the business sometimes can be very, very different. The game's a beautiful game. We all love the game, but the game don't love nobody, right? The business, the business of the game, you know, when, when you think about the, and you, you kind of touched on it a little bit there, um, when a player gets into a situation, is beginning to have challenges, because I'm going tell you something, you know as well as I do, when you've spent your whole life and football is, it's almost like it becomes who you are. Right, and you lose track. Right, you you lose track of who you. I mean, you you were never number seven at Hawaii or fifteen at Miami. You were always the bomb best. But everybody outside of you, it's all about you know like not that number, right? Not that person, right? Mm-hmm. How can teams better help guys? to understand that to to understand because there's going to come an end to the game for everybody and it's traumatic for a player when it happens
1: absolutely man um you know it's 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 definitely a shock initially you know uh, like and I, and I can speak for myself you know what I'm saying you know just going back to my transition uh from being cut from the browns to back to you know, reality and, and, and in everyday life, you know, and dealing with, you know, damn, I don't I don't I don't have nowhere to be on time. I don't I don't have to get up. Um I don't have a meeting. I don't have I don't have a workout. You know, and and, and and you know going back to however long you played, you know, you have to structure your whole life, you know, and then when that is taken away from you, you know, you you feel um you feel lost, you know. So I think, you know, teams can do a better job. And and I'm not saying that they don't do this because they do. They have good programs out there, you know, through the NFLPA, to help people transition, you know, from uh, from uh, from football to to retirement and whatever they want to do. But um, I just feel like we can bring a little bit more awareness to it, you know. Um, <clears throat> you know, we spend our whole time, our whole life, basically um, preparing, you know, preparing for games. Preparing for your opponent, uh, preparing for a test in college, preparing, you know, for business stuff. You know, we prepare, that's what we do as professional athletes is prepare. You want to defeat your opponent. You want to manipulate your opponent. You prepare to exploit your opponent's weaknesses, right? But we don't prepare for the transition, like from, from, from retirement or from football to what are you going to do for the rest of your life? You know, and I didn't do that. You know, I had... I had my feet and my I had my hands and a bunch of other things, you know, while I was playing, but I didn't I didn't take that preparation serious enough because I was too busy and too caught up in preparing to be the best football player I can possibly be. You know what I'm saying? And I think a lot of people struggle with that. I think a lot of a lot of people in the NFL struggle with that. You know, you want to give the organization your all, you know, especially you're getting paid a lot of money and you know, you're playing in front of thousands and thousands and tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of people you want to be able to perform at a high level. So um you know just personally from my experience I just wish I would have took you know all the stuff that I learned from you know preparing for preparing and 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 channeled that energy into what I'm gonna really do after I'm done playing ball because football is just a short window um of of our lives. You know it's it's really short, you know.
0: Okay. Okay now
1: uh, those
0: are things, those are realizations that you come to now uh, as a grown man and, and, you know, going through what you've gone through. But when it, when it was the darkest, when it was the darkest and, and, you know, a lot of times it, it comes back to that thing we talked about, because we don't know who we really are. You know, we don't know who, who we are. And then all of a sudden what we have always been, which is a great athlete, a performer, whatever it's gone. And now you, that, 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 it's such a fine line. Mental health is so, such an improvement and it's such a fine line between being healthy mentally and not being healthy mentally. And you, you, you were on both sides of that for a long yeah, time.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a great point. You know, because um, you know, like I like I just said a little bit ago, I want to say the transition. You know, for me getting cut literally within like the next few months, I was back in Florida living. Um, you know. With my wife and three kids, and 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 I was out of it. I was just checked out. I was embarrassed to go outside. I was smoking a lot of weed. I was um, I, I was isolating myself. Only time I would leave the house is to take my kids to school. You know, with, with my wife. You know, and then um, you know, I just didn't. I couldn't handle the embarrassment that I put myself through because I wasn't. Uh, I was still. I was still um. You know coping and trying to find myself you know and, and and it's a process man it's so it's 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 so it's it's, it's a long process you know it, it took me really you know a good five to six years to find myself you know what I'm saying and I struggle you know I still struggle I struggle today but I have the blueprint and I have people and I have notes and I, and I write a lot I do these things to keep me focused and keep me going you know what I'm saying and and, and I know it's somebody out there that's hurting way, way more than me. And that's, that's my motivation right there. You know what I'm saying?
0: All right. I got to, you and I are both huge Bob Marley fans. And, Absolutely. and I'm going to, you know, it's, a, it's amazing how job works because I dropped my wife off. She teaches special ed over here in Hawaii. Right. And I dropped her off in school today and I'm, I'm driving back home and redemption song came off. Oh, and man, that, if, 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 I, if I could, if I could, if I could like, that should be the soundtrack of what we're talking about. But there was a line Absolutely. in there, Dean, that, that just, it hit me right between the eyes. Emancipate yourself from mental slavery. No one but ourselves can free our minds. And you found the way to the brightness. You found the way back. Talk about that part of the journey.
1: Um, that's, that's, that's great, man. I I love to hear that. You know, Bob Marley, um, he, he means so much to me, you know, um, like he, you know, Bob, you know, it's funny because he's not here, but, you know, if it wasn't for him, you know, I wouldn't have, I I probably wouldn't have seen the light. You know what I'm saying? Um, he's helped me through a lot of my dark days, but, um, you know, that quote you just said, you know, what that means to me, none but, none but ourselves can free our minds Is is so true, you know, because you know, when I was going through my ebbs and flows and my journey, you know, I would I, I would reach out to people, you know, I would reach out to close people that I thought, you know, were my people. You know, I'm not gonna say no names, I'm not into that, you know. But they, you know, you, you gotta figure this thing out on your own, you know. I I I I i i i i i went so long, you know, trying to reach out and find guidance and and, and ask for help. I didn't know how to go about it the right way, but um, you got to learn on your own, man. You know, you got to take your, uh, your, 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 your trials, you know, all your hardships, your failures, and you got to, you got to, you got to like, just strengthen that, you know what I'm saying? There's strength in that, you know, it says, you know, I I, I read quotes. I'm a quotes guy, you know what I'm saying? So I'm always reading quotes. I'm always, um, you know, uh, looking, you know, looking on social media, listening to people talk you know, and that's been very therapeutic for me in my transition, you know, to being better mentally, you know, and, and one of them that stands out to me is like, you know, failure, you know, failure is basically, you know, the opportunity to to, to, to begin um, again, but do it from a more, uh, more intellectual standpoint, you know, learning from your lessons, you know what I'm saying, doing it right. So when you fail, you say, "Okay, I did it this way. Let me try this way now." You know what I'm saying? And that's 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 basically what I've done my whole life, man. I I've just, you know, instead of you know, instead of reaching out to people, I've kind of just linked on my own experiences and and became this mad scientist, you know, to my own shit. You know what I'm saying? And and it's and, it, and it's it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a blessing, man. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's such a blessing.
0: D, that's why when I heard that thing this morning, I said there's powers greater than us, because why would I hear this song this morning when I'm going to talk to you? Hey, listen, man, we got tons of people from all over the world that would like to throw a question at you. I'll start with this one, if you don't mind. This is from a lady named Claire the Bear, and Claire is a big Bears fan in uh, in England, and she says, how do you become the best teammate you can be?
1: Um, you know, that, how how do you become the best teammate you can be? Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, that, that starts at a young age, you know, um, for me personally, I had some really good coaches, you know, and they always, um, preached, you know, um, team before the individual, you know, so, um, you know, it's, it's, you know, just like anything, you know, you just got to be kind. You know what I'm saying? It, and, and that kind may be the wrong word, you know, when you're talking about football and battling and toughness and all of that, but you you got to, you know, you, 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 you got to be there for your brothers, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, especially for the quarterback position, you know, when the guy's not in his rhythm, he's not throwing the ball good. You can't be like, man, you got to throw me the ball here. I'm open. You got to be like, man, don't worry about it. Just get it there. I got you, you know? You got to encourage them. You know, you got to encourage your teammates. You got to um you got to lead not only by talking, but you got to lead by example, you know? That's one thing, you know, that I did when I was in the NFL is that, you know, I you know, I I, I wasn't a, a loud guy, you know. I would talk and joke around and all of that, but I led by example, you know, and and the younger guys, even some of the older guys gravitated to that. You know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, being a good teammate, you, you can't you, not 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 only doing it you know from a verbal standpoint but you got to do it by action
0: I hey i gotta i gotta tell you this is from a guy named fred funk he he is from ireland and all he has to say is devon thank you for sharing your story i mean that's pretty cool uh shane uh -hmm. says what's your favorite shane asked what's your favorite memory from miami
1: Man, i got a lot of good memories from Miami, you know, besides, besides, you know, the, you know, the birth of my daughter that November, um, my rookie year, I would have to say, um, my, my entire rookie season, you know, because I'm gonna share something with you guys that a lot of people don't know, but you know, um, when I was down in training camp or rookie camp, you know, my wife was pregnant, you know, she from Hawaii, she was pregnant. And, you know, I I didn't, I I didn't, I wasn't making money like that yet. You know, I had a couple of appearances. I had some, some, some card deals, you know, but I wasn't making real money like that, you know? So um, my signing bonus was on seven grand, you know what I mean? Um, Mm -hmm. And she was pregnant, you know? So it was like, it was like, it was like, you know, what are you going to do if you don't make this team, you know, and your wife is pregnant. She's down here. We don't have no insurance. It was just a lot of shit. You know what I'm saying? And for me to prevail and make the team, not only make the team, become a starter, um, help my, help that team, you know, go f- from one of the worst teams in, in the league history the year before to go into the playoffs, my rookie year and playing against the, the uh, Baltimore Ravens. Um, that, that whole rookie year was special, you know, like, all the guys that I um, that I met, you know, the Ronnie Browns, Jake Longs, you know, Ricky Williams, you know, just it was just a bunch, you know, Ted Ginn, Greg Camarillo. It was just a bunch of great men in that locker room that um, that really made an impact on me as a rookie, you know, and and that was that was mind blowing for me. So I would say that whole rookie season uh, in two thousand eight was was one of the best memories. See, see,
0: now, right there's a there's a part of life in the NFL that really you guys don't ever talk about. You know, you know what I mean. You're 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 a free agent rookie. You ain't got no money in your pocket. Right, you got right. a wife who's pregnant, and you're right. realizing that how, how am I going to take care of my family? I mean, you talk about pressure, man. You talk about pressure every day. Peter forty one says, "How did it feel when you scored your first TD in Miami after your journey to the NFL?"
1: Oh, it was um, it was a blessing. You still remember who it was against? Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> Hold on. Give me give me one second. One second.
0: All right. You can tell that this guy
1: is, this is special. the ball. Right oh, you got the ball. <laughs> the ball. It's all beat up. Hey, um, I'm, in, awesome. <laughs> I'm, in the, I'm in the process of doing, redoing my office, so I got stuff everywhere. But this is the ball. I'll be putting hey, hey, up. Hey,
0: hey, you better tell your sons they can't go out in the street and play with that one. a <laughs> special one.
1: I know, right? Oh, Chuck McBride,
0: okay. Chuck McBride uh, says, uh, what was it like to play with Colt Brennan and put Hawaii on the map?
1: Um it was it was really special to play with Colt Brennan. Uh Colt Brennan, you know, who's who's a dear friend of mine, you know, I just talked to him about two, two, two or three days ago, actually. And um, you know, our relationship is special because, you know, just like you, Jeff you know, he has a deep connection to, you know, to Bob Marley as well, you know, and, um, you know, right now, you know, he's had his ebbs and flows and he's still, you know, trying to find himself, you know, and I just continue to motivate him that, you know, there are better days ahead. But I would say, um, you know, a lot of people don't know this either. I'm going to share this with you. Um, you know, when I got to Hawaii, I didn't know, I I, I didn't really know anybody. You know, I, I knew a handful of, uh, full of people, you know, and, um, you know, so my, my my first my first interactions was basically with the guys on the football team, which is which was really special, you know, which which um, I'm forever grateful for for the relationships and friendships. So I wanna say about two months after I got there, this 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 skinny kid from Orange County show up. You know what I'm saying? This skinny kid from Orange County show up and and I had heard about him because he had went through similar situations as me when he was at Colorado and all of that, you know, so he was on a second chance as well, you know? So one night, you know, we was in the dorms and, um, you know, we were just hanging out, you know, we had a great week um, uh, working out and, you know, getting to know each other. So we, you know, we at the dorms just hanging out, chilling and me and him, I don't don't even, I can't even remember, but me and and Colt uh, ended up on the balcony or somewhere and, and we just had a heart to heart, man. And he was just like, we both was like, man, we, um, you know, we got to take advantage of this second chance, you know. Um, you know, I wanna, you know, I told Colt, I'm like, man, I wanna, I wanna make a difference, man. I wanna be great out here. I wanna, I wanna turn this program around and do it, and 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 just to see the growth and the way we uh, we ended up turning out the chemistry, you know, all the great um, players, the great coaches, you know, June Jones giving us the information, you know, even even yourself, you know, coaching us and getting the best out of us and and taking that program, you know, to places it's never been, it was really special, you know, looking back and seeing that we did what we set out to do. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yep. Now, Mick, uh, I don't know where Mick's from. I think he's a UK guy, but uh, it says, what was it like being traded to Cleveland during the draft? I didn't know you got traded during the draft.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, it's weird. You know, it it was a little weird because I remember – you know, and mind you, I, I, you know, I'm still. You know, I was, I was fresh out the hospital. Um, you know, when I when I went back to the facility, you know, they they hadn't even told me yet, so it was weird because I was like, I was working out, and 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 we were, uh, you know, the the video people were like filming the Dolphins video people was filming the guys work out, and 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 I noticed that every time they walked by me they just kind of skipped me and didn't have me in the video. So I thought that was weird. And then I'm sitting in the meeting rooms, you know, we're meeting and, and everybody's just looking at me and it, it was just weird. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, I ain't never felt like this before, but mind you, I was still, um, that was like the beginning of all my, you know, my, my mental struggles and my battles, you know? So um, like I said, it hurt, you know, I wish we could have worked it out with the dolphins because I really, really love the organization, but, um, I was grateful to go to Cleveland, you know, for 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 a second, not a second chance, a new a new opportunity, you know, a fresh start. You know, Coach Chazinski, we we spoke on the phone, and you know, he was just uh, he was like, man, I'm gonna let you come in and do your thing. I want you to be a mentor to these young receivers, and I was right right up my alley, you know. But um, physically, I was I was great. I was in great shape, best shape of my life. I was just still torn mentally. I wasn't all the way there yet, you know, and I was still, uh, you know, grieving and, and in pain, and didn't know how to handle that. So, um, you know, and then you and, and you got to take in the fact that, you know, I went from Miami to Cleveland. You know that that's that's a transition <laughs> in itself. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yes, it is, my brother. From, from, hey, from the palm trees,
1: from the palm trees to the snow, man. It was it was a transition.
0: Yo, don't need to go there. Hey, listen, man, I got to tell you, this has been an awesome, awesome experience to reconnect with you. And, and you know, the the biggest thing to me was just that people get to know who you are, because you've always been a special guy. It's you can't hide it. You know, it's always been that. And, um, you know, you talked about how you there's words that sometimes we don't use enough in football. I'm going to use one right now. Love. Yeah. And I love you, D.
1: Love you too, man. I, I appreciate you, man. I, I I love what you're doing. That's why I reached out and was like, man, it'd be good to catch up with you, man. But thank you, man.
0: Well, you know what? We got plenty of space over here, so you bring those kids over here, man, <laughs> and uh, give them a, give them a look, get them a little Hawaii in their life. Love Amen. you, man. Take care of yourself. Thank you so much for being on Coffee with the Coach today, my brother. Absolutely. You're welcome anytime.
1: God bless, man. Thank you. All right. All right, man.